Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 1 podcast. In today's episode, we cover the topic of rifamycins found under the microbiology section at medbullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 43-year-old woman presents to the emergency room for fevers and a chronic cough. She has a history of HIV infection and has been using antiretrovirals intermittently. She recently lost her job and has been spacing out her medications in hopes of making it last. She is also currently homeless and relies on homeless shelters around the city. She reports that she has been having low-grade fevers, night sweats, and a cough. A chest radiograph demonstrates a cavity in the apex of the right upper lobe and hilar adenopathy. She has started on multi-drug anti-tuberculosis therapy, including rifabutin. Let's continue with an introduction to rifamycins. The specific drugs include rifampin and rifabutin. Rifampin can be remembered with the four R's. It is an RNA polymerase inhibitor that is DNA-dependent. It ramps up the cytochrome P450 system, its results in red body fluids, and resistance may occur if it is used alone. Rifabutin demonstrates less CYP450 stimulation. Their mechanism of action is that they inhibit DNA-dependent RNA polymerase, and they penetrate tissues to reach granulomas. The mechanism of resistance is mutations in the RNA polymerase to prevent drugs from binding. Clinically, rifampin is used for mycoplasma tuberculosis. It is always used with other anti-TB drugs. Mycoplasma leprae, which is a long-term treatment with dapsone for tuberculoid form, for Neisseria meningitidis, for which prophylaxis is used for the exposed, and Haemophilus influenza type B, for which prophylaxis is also used for the exposed. Rifabutin can be used for mycoplasma avium intracellulare, which is adjuvant treatment with azithromycin and ethambutyl. It can also be used in HIV infection. Remember that rifampin reduces protease inhibitor concentrations through CYP450, so rifabutin is used in HIV patients who require a rifamycin drug. In terms of the adverse effects, they may result in hepatotoxicity, increased levels of CYP450, red or orange body fluids, but this is benign, and acute interstitial nephritis. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to rifamycins, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A drug that inhibits mRNA synthesis has the well-documented side effect of red-orange body fluids. For which of the following is this drug used as monotherapy? And the answer choices are, choice one, mycobacterium avium intracellular infection. Choice 2. Methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus infection. Choice 3. Neisseria meningitidis prophylaxis. Choice 4. Brucellosis. Or choice 5. It is inappropriate to use this drug as monotherapy. The best answer to this question is choice 3. Neisseria meningitidis prophylaxis. The drug described in the question stem is rifampin an antibiotic used in the treatment of TB and leprosy. Rifampin is used as monotherapy in the case of post-exposure prophylaxis for Neisseria meningitidis. Rifampin inhibits the DNA-dependent RNA polymerase of mycobacterium. When used alone, bacteria quickly acquire resistance to rifampin via spontaneous mutations of RNA polymerase, 
necessitating the drug's use as part of combination therapy, as in the treatment of tuberculosis. Following exposure to Neisseria meningitidis, rifampin alone can prevent active disease as well as the development of a carrier state. Recall that rifampin is an inducer of the CYP450 system. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. MAC is treated with the macrolide and ethambutol. Choice 2. MRSA endocarditis can be treated with vancomycin and rifampin. Choice 4. Brucellosis should not be treated with rifampin monotherapy due to the high risk of resistance. It can be used as rifampin and streptomycin or ciprofloxacin. Choice 5. Rifampin is appropriate to use as monotherapy for Neisseria meningitidis prophylaxis. That's all for this review about rifamycins. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullets Step 1 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets, the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on MedBullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullets Step 1 podcast.